pro wrestler. I am a sports entertainer. What? I'll say it again. I am a sports entertainer. What? I am a sports entertainer. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Sports Entertainers Podcast. My name is Drake Moore, and I'm joined by my co-host today, Aaron Sanders. Let's believe it, it's your boy, the Frost Father, and did you guys eat some pie earlier this week? Oh, we're going to get to that, buddy, but before then, we got to say hi to our other co-host, Curlis Matty. How's it going, bro? How's it going? It's weird. It's it's my first time not doing the intro, so it's nice yeah. to take a little bit of a so, break. <laughs> I, was, I was preparing for this intro, and I was going to say today from... The studio living room is usually yep. recorded in my living room right now. And then I was thrown off. I'm like, it's a little different. So for the first time, we are not in person uh, to do this podcast. Your postcards and emails to me. It was my fault. All good. It's all good. We're all, you know, we got the power of technology now, so it's fine. Oh, we it's got the power of positivity on our side. The That's power of positivity. I love <laughs> it. All righty. So, uh, there's a lot. What's that? There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, so Aaron kind of started it off too. I mean, we got to talk about some cookies. We got to talk about some Steve Weisers. We got to talk about all kinds of things. So, um, where do we start, boys? What do you want to want to start with? I mean, we left off with with Revolution pretty much. Let's just get right into that. Uh, favorite matches, right off well, the bat. What are your favorite matches of the night? I mean, I thought overall the pay per view for me, like. I'll, I can start off. Um, I thought it was a great pay per view, like A minus pay per view at the very least. A minus, even teetering toward an A. I thought it was. I thought it was great start to finish. There wasn't a bad match on the card, in my personal opinion. But, um, yeah, like I, I loved everything. Thoughts, guys? I agree, man. I think I, I give it an A minus as well. When I was watching it, I wasn't like, you know, oh my god, this is this is an A plus. This is the best. But like after looking back, I was like. Because you said it too, you're like, there wasn't a bad match. And I was like, hey, he, he's right. And uh, again, like nothing, uh, nothing was weak. Uh, the only thing, uh, like I thought that it was incredibly hard to follow my favorite match of the night, the Texas death match. But mm-hmm. aside from that, like because of the Joe and um, Wardlow match, just is a little flat because of that. But aside from that, it was a fantastic show, man. Oh, yeah, that for those guys. Yeah, yeah, that Wardlow Samoa Joe match it should have been more done right there, but with time being of the yeah. essence of the pay per view, there's so much you could do. Um, I'm going to give the pay per view a B minus. And again, I, I haven't watched a lot of AEW coming into this episode, let alone coming into this series, and I was thoroughly impressed with the beginning of the card of the first few matches, and it featured, I think, one of my star matches was the Trios Tile Elite, also Black. Or as I call that match, a match just for kicks. Last time I checked, I didn't think I picked a winner. And there was a lot of kicks. House of Black picking up the title. I gave that an A- because I did that just for kicks. And I loved it. The opening match, gentlemen. Ricky Starks and Jericho with JAS being barred from ringside. Thought it was a good start to the match. And remember the last episode, I said... AS was going to attack Starks before the match since, hey, they're barred from ringside. But I was right about JAS being part of the match. Enjoyed the ending, even though with Kissy Boy coming out and Jericho trying to pull out a back, Starks was able to counter and pick up the dub. But I gave that match a C+. 
I, I thought um, there was there's so many instances where I was like, that's the match of the night. And then another match would come up and I'm like, that's the match of the night. So there's like four yeah. separate times where I was like that, like that, that is the best match of the whole, like the whole show. And it's going to be that and nothing's going to change it, but it just kept getting better. Like it progressively got better. Yeah. You were saying that in the group chat. I'm like, there's still more matches. There's still more matches, <laughs> but you're right though. Every match did. It just got better. The quality got better and better as it went on. It wasn't too long or anything like that. Uh, that's kind of like what I'm judging it on, you know. I'm not just, uh, you know, how good were the matches, how many stars were the matches, and shit like that. It's like, you know, how was the overall presentation? How was the flow? How was the energy? Oh, well, you uh, mentioned, you mentioned length. Um, for me, I was really worried about the Brian versus MJF match, the Brian, Brian Danielson MJF match, because I was yeah. like, I like both of these guys a lot. I thought I'm, I think MJF is the best heel besides behind Roman Reigns. Um, and then Brian Danielson is my favorite. And I, but I was still kind of worried. I was like, oh, I, had, I have a feeling an Iron Man match, a one-hour hour Iron Man match might be a little bit too long, might be a little boring, might be a little slow. But that was my match of the night. Oh, my goodness. The drama, the storytelling, the everything about that match worked for me. Like the the, the ending where it was 3-3 and they, they had to give them some overtime it was just awesome start to finish everything about it i loved it i loved everything about it and it was Sean michael vibes from wrestlemania 12 yeah that, that was, was a mile excellent match and that was after the for me i was like texas jane uh, texas chainsaw mask texas <laughs> death match i thought that was going to be the best match of the night and then brian mjf like took that from like took it away uh yeah for sure so we all have separate uh, favorite matches of the night. That's kind of funny. I was just going to go down to the card, and we'll, I want to get to the Texas Death match later. There was one match to uh, the AEW Women's World Championship, Hater, Soraya, and Ruby Soho. And let me tell you something. I did not expect Tony Storm to flip. She freaking flipped, close-lining Britt Baker. And then after the match was what impressed me. I gave the post-match action a B minus. I gave the match a C plus. I'm getting a whole lot of C's, more C's than I had on my report card. But anyway, yeah, you had uh, Soho. You had Soho turn and then join. Um, join. I think they're calling themselves the Outcasts now. Tony Storm, Soraya, and uh, Ruby Soho. I, I think that's kind of interesting. That's all right, you know. I mean, keep keep everyone doing something. I, I always like. I found Ruby Soho was floating like for a little while. She didn't. They didn't really have much direction for her. So it's nice to actually see her in the title mix and like with. I mean, AEW loves their factions, but I mean, I don't mind it too much. I feel like when it comes to those three, they are always in factions, whether in another yeah. promotion or, or over here. Now, for Soho and Soraya, the team up, that was expected. And Hadar and hate what is it, Tony Storm, right? And I never bought into her to begin with, but maybe with her working with both of them, it will help her character out a whole lot more. It was a bizarre yet interesting end, and we saw it on, what, Wednesday night, how they're able to mix as, as a unit. And we'll see what happens down the street. FDR's also back. So that's great. Oh, yes. Huge. Yeah. I we were talking about that last episode and we were like, oh, where the heck is FTR? And then FTR came back and they massive pop. Like these these fans went ballistic for these guys. Like, and rightfully so. I mean, arguably the best tag team going on. I mean, they won the Observer Awards, I believe, and like that like rightfully so. They're they're the best. 
uh, like right now, in my opinion. Observer Awards, that's ran by Meltzer, right? I believe so. <laughs> we'll call it the Meltzies from now on. I like it. Um, moving on, uh, do you guys want to talk? I mean, do you guys want to still, do you have any other final thoughts about Revolution? Oh, we all liked it. It was good. It was fun. Um, I, I, we wanted to talk about the length thing. I did fall asleep. I did fall asleep. So I did watch the, the, the rest of the main event later on, but I got no complaints about it. It was a good show. Yeah, before, a- we, before we get out of here on this, uh, can we talk about the Texas death match? Yeah. And the, reason why, <laughs> the reason why we're bringing this up, folks, last episode, we predicted how long it would take for Moxley to bleed. Mm-hmm. I predicted that he would bleed under six minutes. And uh, Curlis, what was your prediction? I believe mine was. I got to double check. Actually, like five minutes. I believe it was like five minutes, and Drake had the lowest time, which and was the, like four minutes. And the actual retail price was three minutes, twenty-three seconds. So Drake is the winner of the cookie bet. And if we were in person right now, I hand you the cookie. But we're gonna cookies. have to wait for that until Impact. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh yeah, I love cookies. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. And Hey, I might have been the winner, but I really wasn't that close. <laughs> he didn't take no. long. <laughs> didn't take long. The the funniest thing about that is my non wrestling fan per, uh, f- fan friend predicted three minutes and thirty seconds because he saw our little uh, graphic we put up on our on our social media. He said, "Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go three minutes thirty seconds," and he was the closest. And he doesn't watch wrestling, so I thought that was really funny. Yeah, we should have yeah, known better, we to be po- honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if we were playing the prices right, he he went over. You got to be closest without going over, folks. Yeah. I mean, it was a great match though. I mean, it's exactly what you kind of expect from a Texas death match and it's it's two really really good guys and two two baby faces going against each other. I mean, we always talk about that that like that sometimes doesn't work. It did. I mean, I thought it, and I thought the right guy won as well, so. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that we talked about and I don't want to get too all over the place here, but yeah. <laughs> is the bullet or the the Blackpool uh, Combat Club uh, heels now? Uh, it does. Okay, judging from last week's dynamite, I guess. So, but they've always like I don't know. I don't think they're heels. I think they're just violent. Like I think that's their whole thing is that they're violent. Like, can you really boo Moxley and Brian? I I don't Not think Brian, so. But they, I forget what happened. Uh... Wednesday after Dynamite, and they were booing them for sure. They were booing them. I mean, they were they were beating the crap out of Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, so I yeah. guess I'd boo them too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they can be booed. They just got to be heels, right? Yeah, I guess so. <clears throat> They're acting like heels. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, like, and they were. Te- they hate to hate to jump around some more, but um, they did the. Uh, elite versus Blackpool Combat Club tease at the end of Dynamite last uh, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, that, that was pretty cool. They did a lot of cool stuff on Dynamite yeah, yesterday man. in Winnipeg. Like, that's like we're not going to go through everything AEW. So what? Why not? We're through. Uh, we're through Revolution. Let's just bounce around some AEW stuff real quick. That Dynamite <laughs> that's was it. Really back cool. to Winnipeg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, like, let's just get into Dynamite real quick because uh, there was two segments that really stood out to me. Uh, the four pillars at the beginning of the show. You got uh, MJF, Sammy Guevara, uh, Daniel Garcia, uh, wow, Daniel Garcia, uh, Darby Allen, 
and um, Jungle Boy Jack Perry doing a segment together. And I thought that was really, really cool to see the four pillars in one, in one ring together. The ending with the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club and Hangman Adam Page uh, kind of, they're kind of teasing that he's going to go back with the Elite. Yeah. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because it's rather that's what's going to happen or they're going to be pitted against each other, right? So, yeah, I mean, anything. Anything to do with the elite Adam Page story, I'm I'm all for. I mean, they they've done such a good job with those guys. I mean, I, I the story is kind of over, but every time they tease it, it's like the Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn stuff in WWE. Like anytime they do stuff with that group, it's it's gonna be magic. We also had uh, MJF's rebar mitzvah. We can't skip over that. Yeah, I meant I mentioned it briefly, but um, it's just it's just, it was like. Even to start it off, without knowing about the four pillars coming in, um, like MJF was just being super entertaining, like coming in with all these women and saying Judaism is the best like uh, religion. It was just, it was just super, super smug MJF, super evil MJF. So, yeah, hit the hit the nail on the head with that one. And we were just talking earlier in our series whether if MJS title run was going to be bland now that he's reached top of the mountain now things are getting interesting with his rebar mitzvah it's gotten a lot better i mean you know just give give him a little bit of uh give him a Brian Danielson match and suddenly yeah. he's he's back to being entertaining again <laughs> uh, what else do we got on the list here uh from what i've got i've got uh Rey Mysterio in the Hall of Fame so that's Rey Mysterio and the Great Muda in the Hall of Fame, actually. So big names, big names. I'm very happy for both. Yep, and what, Rey Mysterio is the, I think he's the third guy to be inducted while he's still actively wrestling, too. Still Flair in 08 and yeah. Goldberg from a few years ago, yes. I mean, can you, can you count Edge to that list, or is it because he retired and then he got inducted afterwards? Yeah, Edge, Does that count? No. Edge doesn't count, right? No. But it's good to see Ray. I mean, getting his dues. He's he's like he's one of the best luchadors. I don't watch too much luch like uh, luchadors, but like he's 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 a childhood favorite. He's probably all of our childhood favorites to some degree. He's he's great. And uh, do we expect Dominic to uh, interfere in the Hall of Fame speech, like full kayfabe, full full story story mode, or it's no? Fixing to say that, yeah. Uh, like you're calling it right now. Like it's 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 bound to happen, right? <laughs> I'm kind of excited for it. You know, yeah. keep the story going. I wouldn't even mind if Ray didn't accept his um like his challenge at WrestleMania until the Hall of Fame. That might be where it's gonna lead to, right? Yeah, like I, I think like Ray just keeps declining it, declining it, declining it, and then finally he feels so disrespected at the Hall of Fame that he said, "Screw it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight you, son." But the, after this, this is over. Like I'm not gonna, like I'm not gonna continue this. Like I, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting. I love Dominic Mysterio right now. Like he, him as a is so entertaining. It's so like it's it's comedy wrestling. It's it's, it's, a, it's a comedy gimmick, but it's also like very like. Like personal in that sense because it is Ray and Dominic. You want to lock that in as a cookie bet? If he does that at the Hall of Fame, you'll get a cookie. Should we? Are we all in agreement of that? I, I thought. I mean, I thought we all agreed that Dominic and Ray were gonna. I mean, I, I thought we all agreed on that. But I mean, I don't mind cookies. Everybody gets. I didn't, I didn't agree. I didn't agree. I didn't think about 
very accepting the challenge at the Hall of Fame. That that is that would be innovative. Yeah, like the Hall of Fame is kind of its own separate thing where it's like it's not involved with any of the storylines. Yeah. But also like it's usually pretty pretty straight, pretty serious, pretty like, you know, out of character, but hey, make it personal, make it like make it a part of the story. I mean, I don't think people, I don't think fans would mind it. No, of course not. Dude, there's how many <laughs> thousand fans there? Like they're going to love it. They're going to go crazy for it. And uh, here's my my kind of bold prediction. I'm I'm not like super confident on this, but um if they maybe for some reason decide that they don't want to go with this match for WrestleMania, if there's too many matches for whatever reason, it would make sense to have it on. But following WrestleMania is Backlash in Puerto Rico hosted by Bad Bunny, and obviously they're going to want to put some luchadors and Support like uh, Damian Priest, so you might see a match with the uh, Judgment Day and Ray and whoever at that one. Even if we yeah. do get Mysterio versus Mysterio at WrestleMania, he's a hell of a wrestler, Bad Bunny. Yeah, I, actually, surprisingly, yeah. that's how good he is. But I, I love the Mysterio storyline right now. I, honestly, like the Judgment Day as a whole. Like I don't like I don't think anyone was sold on the Judgment Day when they first started, but like they have they have turned it around. Every single one of those guys and and girl, um, they're all doing great stuff. You know, Rhea Ripley won the Rumble. Finn Balor is going against Edge in a in a cage match, and then Mysterio versus Mysterio. I mean, that's cool too. You know, I don't really know what Damian and Priest is doing, but I mean, three out of four ain't bad. Yeah. It's strange though, because Priest is my favorite wrestler out of the Judgment Day. I, I know it's going to be Ripley's time, and Dominic and Ray—they're going to do at, going to go at it, and Balor, Balor's going to do Balor things. But it's like you got to do something big with Priest soon, man. Just don't put him against Omas. Nobody wants to see that. That's some cheap go to hell home heat. I mean, they're doing Brock versus Omas, aren't yeah. they? That's yeah. even worse, isn't it? So, hey, if we're moving that way, you guys see that Bray Wyatt's apparently injured. Yeah, actually. What are they going to do with Bobby? Are they going to make it a, a three-way? I'm in Brock, uh, I don't know. That is the most big, meaty men yeah. match I've ever heard in my life. They're definitely going to do the ring-breaking spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's no way they're going to have those three giants in a ring, and they're not going to break the ring. Well, either that or a little war games thing have two rings or extend the damn ring i don't know but oh my goodness can you imagine though uh i'd very i don't know like i think if bobby and brock are in the match it could be okay you know like i think i'd i appreciate they could carry omos to something yeah back to the locker room <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> ever bought into him when he was aj styles lackey don't buy into him now it's a shame that he has to work with MVP. That's just me, though. Man, I'm, I'm like, back, this. back on the Omos hate. Yeah, almost sucked. Man. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah, I kind of feel bad for him. Well, who the hell trained him? Performance oh, well. center, I guess, right? Yeah, probably a performance center thing. Um, back on the Hall of Fame for a second. Um, we talked about we talked about this off air. Uh, what do you guys think about? What if? What would you say about a physical Hall of Fame? How cool would that be? That'd be sick, man. They should like remember uh, WWE Niagara Falls. You guys ever go to that? Huh. Yeah. Like, that's a, oh, that's in the 
nostalgic. That's yeah. like a that's a core memory. Like that's like the closest thing that we got to like a, especially you know this close to us, uh, like in in person WWE store memorabilia thing. Because like mm-hmm. just think about like the Hockey Hall of Fame. You can do the exact same thing with wrestling. I'm surprised that they don't just pop. I think they do actually kind of pop up stuff like that at WrestleMania access, and they just have all sorts of memorabilia you can see and stuff and then you know meet and greets merchandise it would be a i think a no-brainer i don't know why they haven't done it to be honest i i guess I would, go ahead careless i would rather a um pro wrestling hall of fame rather than a wwe hall of well, there fame is because there is. there's is there a physical pro wrestling oh, no, hall no, of fame? no 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 <laughs> but there's like uh I, collar and uh collar flower uh, alley club like that's like the pro wrestling hall of fame of like shoot wrestler. Well, not shoot wrestlers. Sorry, like you know, uh, professional wrestlers who are recognized for their technical ability. Yeah, because I I want to see a pro wrestling hall of fame where I can just go in, see their memorabilia, see yeah. their uh, like old coats and, and and merch and all that old stuff. Like to keep it in a hall of fame, and you know, I think people would go. 100%. I think that people would would like. I know wrestling is pretty niche, but I would definitely, I would definitely go. And I think there's a lot of lapsed fans that would go and it would just be cool. You'd learn a lot about wrestling, like, like from the past, from the present. I don't, I think it'd be really cool. 100%, man. Yeah. Is long... Pop it up in Florida or something. What were you going to say, Eric? I was saying as Before... long as all the promotions get together and they agree, Hey, let's do it. Or it's from the wrestler's own collection. Then I'm for it. As long as you don't uh, make souvenirs like postcards, you ain't supposed to bring to school. <laughs> Where would you put a pro a pro wrestling hall of fame though? Like a physical pro wrestling hall of fame. What what makes most sense? Probably Florida for travel, right? People go for a mm-hmm. for a thing. Do it do it at Universal Studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right next to Hard you know, Rock Cafe yeah. or New York. I was- I was thinking like lineage, you know what I mean? Like what's the most, what makes the most sense on terms of like, like what had the biggest, what city had the biggest influence on pro wrestling? I, I was, but like tourism, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Florida. Yeah. I mean, New York. like, I guess I'm kind of looking at it just as like a WWE thing. Like if it was a WWE thing, it would all, it wouldn't really be about, you know, just for you to have a place to go and look at stuff. It'd be a revenue <laughs> thing. Right. So like put it where yeah, the biggest market possible, right? Um, so, if not so. Florida, something like New York or Chicago. Chicago's a huge uh, wrestling town, man. Don't forget Philly or Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that all makes sense. Um, you mentioned uh, bringing uh, these companies together. I mean, you guys want to talk about Forbidden Door a little bit? Yeah, we have to. We got to talk about Forbidden Door and all the Canadian shows for AEW. And we've had, we've had a lot of talk about AEW, but. Forbidden Door being New Japan AEW, a crossover between the two promotions coming to Toronto. That's pretty awesome. Summer is crazy, man. Like, what is going on? <laughs> I messaged the group chat, like our, our little group chat, and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have a heart attack. This is so much wrestling in one year in the Detroit, Windsor, and now Canada as a whole. Like, I just saw a couple shows uh, in Hamilton as well, and Alberta, and I was, this is great. This is so great. Mind you, we're not that far away from Impact Sacrifice a week yeah. a week from now. So it, it all begins with Impact Sacrifice. The road begins with us here in the Rose City, if you haven't noticed by now. The road to our own little WrestleMania locally. 
And SummerSlam too. And SummerSlam, the road to SummerSlam for us actually. Yeah, we were road to SummerSlam. Yeah, or as Bret Hart would say, at the SummerSlam. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you mentioned you mentioned uh, sacrifice. Anything that ca- catches your eyes for this pay per view, guys? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll I'll run down the card really quick here, just so um, you know everyone can get an idea for what we got so far in store. But as we record, and this uh, episode will be dropping Thursday the sixteenth. There's going to be an episode of Impact tonight, and another one next week before Sacrifice uh, the following day on Friday. So we're probably going to get another match or two added to that. And uh, again, for people that maybe aren't familiar, we have Sacrifice live pay-per-view here in Windsor or streaming on their uh, streaming service. And then following that, the next day, they're doing a taping and never know what we're going to get, who we're going to get. But that being said, we have, uh, I think, four or five matches announced. First with Izel Shaw versus Deanna Perrazzo. We have a busted open match, which I have no idea what that is. It's probably going to be like a street fight or something between Tom Dreamer I- and Bully Ray. I would think that's a, a first, first blood, blood match. Well, thing it, yeah, actually, that makes sense because they're on busted open radio. So yeah, yeah that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I just I just clicked the Wikipedia link. It's a first yeah. blood match. So I haven't seen a first blood match in a long time. I mean, we're so oversaturated with blood and and matches that like it doesn't even like we're kind of desensitized to the blood in general. But I mean, make it meaningful in the first blood match. I'm totally cool with it. Well, if anyone's going to do it, it might be uh, these two ECW originals. Yeah, for sure. Another for sure. ECW reunion in the ring. Yeah. So we got Fantastic. those two uh, those two singles matches. And then we got, this is going to be a banger. We got Time Machine. It's the Motor City Machine Guns and Kushida versus the champion, Josh Alexander, Rich Swan, and Frankie Kazarian. So a lot of names there that I'm sure you guys and a lot of people listening will know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I like. I mean... I'm not a big. Uh, I don't. I don't watch too much Impact, but I know all the names here, and I'm very excited to see this match. The six man tag. Be a good one for sure. We also have what about uh, Mickey James. Uh, yeah, that's where I was going next. And now we got uh, <laughs> Mickey James in the Knockout World Championship. She's going to be defending her title against Jordan Grace. And now this one. This one's going to be a banger too. I think that's going to be my match of the night. And I tell you, I have enjoyed watching Mickey James evolve from her days at WWE, and now she just carved her own image in Impact. Jordan Grace, I've never seen her wrestle before, but I said this before we press record on this shindig, at Grace beat Jade Cargill's ass if they were put in the ring together. And Jordan Grace is a tremendous athlete, and she has what, she has what it takes. So this is going to be the meeting of the minds when it comes to these two wrestlers. I I, uh, I mentioned I don't watch too much M- Impact, but I'd actually go as far as maybe putting this this on last because it's the only world title match here. It looks like yeah, and like I mean as of as of this yeah, recording, Josh Alexander's in the the six man tag, so likely won't be defending that night. That's a good question. What will go on last? I mean, I'd think put on the Motor City Machine Guns, uh, the Time Machine, in in the opening match because the the, the Windsor Detroit area would would enjoy that match. To start off the show, and then maybe put out and put Mickey James versus Jordan Grace at the end. You mentioned we just didn't really talk much about it. Giselle Shaw versus Deanna Perrazzo. Uh, if you guys don't know, Giselle's from Windsor, actually, and Deanna Perrazzo has been—I've seen her pop up a lot. I think she was in NXT for a bit, or they really wanted to get her. She's an incredibly uh, popular performer as well. 
Yeah, I've seen her around actually. I'm I'm hoping to I'm hoping to uh, mentally scout out some 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 talent here that like I can follow over time because as an as someone who doesn't watch Impact. For sure, man. And we'll see a lot we'll see a lot on the Saturday. Um if you guys make it and yeah, you never know who's going to show up then. There's always they have a deep roster, man, and it is good. The three of us will be there, yeah, so we're going to be there. Come, come stop by, come say hi. And uh, we'll all chill together. Challenge anyway. me for the West Side Championship. Okay. <laughs> got to make some tag titles up, too. And we got to make go. some uh, West Side tag belts or sports entertainers tag belts. That'd be kind of cool. Mm. True champions in the Rose City. So you heard it here, folks. If you see us, say what up. We're not going to bite. You may wrestle, though. Al Bandini, you want to wrestle? <laughs> you got anything else on, talk the, to Jamie Greer. on the board? Yeah, we'll see Jamie Greer. He'll probably want to wrestle you, but what else have we got? Hey, Derek Malosh, the challenge is on, man. I better see you, buddy. Hey, we, are, we are 30 minutes in so far. Is there anything else we want to talk about? We can talk about Stone Cold oh, yeah. before we wrap it up. Oh, yeah. It's, okay, so it's 316 day. Uh, favorite Stone Cold moments. Obviously, I didn't watch too much of the Attitude Era, so I, I'm, I'm giving the reins to you guys. Go Go wild. more, all yours. All right. This is kind of an easy one for me because I have an answer lined up. Not that it's necessarily my all-time favorite or the best or whatever. The one that stands out to me for many reasons is Zamboni, the moment or whatever. <laughs> the Zamboni scene where he drove the Zamboni down in Detroit, Michigan at the Red Wings uh, arena, the Joe Louis arena. If you guys don't know, actually, I'm a Zamboni driver as well, so that's pretty cool. I love oh. wrestling, I love hockey, and that's just one of that's wrestling kind of in a nutshell. Like, how ridiculous is that? Stone Cold Steve Austin drove a Zamboni down to a wrestling ring to attack his own boss. That's that's awesome. Just to add to that, as as someone who hasn't seen too much of Stone oh Cold, uh, the hospital the hospital yeah. scene. <laughs> where he uh, where he goes in and beats up McMahon in the hospital. Most of these moments kind of involve Vince McMahon. They're kind of oh, yeah. interwoven with each other. But that's uh, that's the one that stands out to me as someone who didn't watch his career as it was happening. So, I mean, I guess that's my favorite. Um, I mean, Drake, did you want to continue on? Is there any other moments that uh, oh, stuck yeah, up to you? There's a million, but uh, well, it'll probably just come up in conversation once we get to Aaron. So I just want I want Aaron to do uh, do his. Well, my brother yeah. and I, we we would had this dvd that covered the first 15 wrestlemanias i think and i remember and we remember watching well his i quit match or whatever back in wrestlemania 13 with heart yeah. stone cold and him passing out in a pool of blood yeah and that utilized the double turn absolutely and we were looking at each other thinking this is this is freaking awesome and then just spurred into you know the popularity of Stone Cold. Now, again, we didn't, brother and I, we didn't watch wrestling religiously during the Attitude Era. We watched it in the Ruthless Aggression Era, but we'd always look back at Stone Cold Steve Austin and always think to ourselves, we weren't around to see this. Why didn't we watch it then? Looking back at it now, understand why the Attitude Era was the best era because it was taken by Stone Cold and The Rock. Yeah. You gotta you gotta give credit that first blood match. I think I don't care what anyone says. I think that first blood er, uh, match started the uh, started the attitude era for sure. Match with uh, with Bret Hart. Uh, yeah, 
the one with Bret Hart. I know that it wasn't a first blood. Yeah, I know, match, I know. But hey, saying. you see Stone Cold bleed, and he passes out. Well, there you go. Oh, you're right. You're right. If that, if it was like you know, obviously Vince McMahon's promo and whatever, but really after that WrestleMania is when I think the next night was actually the promo. Uh, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to remember because uh, again, we had the double turn WrestleMania, and then the next night he said, "I made it specifically clear that I did not quit." (laughs) You know what else I like? Then of course, uh, because like in the or not Attitude Era, uh, Ruthless Aggression Era, when he was the GM, him and Eric Bischoff, the sheriff of Monday Night Raw, the sheriff, yeah, and like. (laughs) Was that because was that because he couldn't wrestle? I'm not, yeah, I can't remember. Like I can't that. remember. The it might have been like before his uh, his last match with The Rock. It was or after. It was just like so he could do something, right? Like he was still in contract. So he had like I was after his match. It was after, right? Yeah, because yeah, so then leading into the summer, uh, he was the he was the commissioner or the GM with Eric Bischoff, and um, remember, like he was there was some clause where like he couldn't he couldn't attack anyone unless he was provoked oh, physically, physically provoked, provoked. Yes. so if he got like bumped or just like touched he, his eyes would like the wires would just cross and he would go nuts and just start stunnering everybody all hell would break didn't loose he, wasn't there a period of time where he had to change his entire style like right after a specific match and I don't know which match but he had to change his entire style to work around like an injury a specific injury so I think that was thought that was after the summer slam of 97 when he broke his neck right yeah. and then um i was just watching uh and listening to some of kurt angles podcasts really good actually and he was talking about that he said like you know toward, especially towards the end he was incredibly limited in regards to what he can do in the ring and stuff like that and i guess maybe as a kid or just you know whatever i i didn't really notice like even you know oh, for 97 to 2003 he wrestled that's six years that I didn't notice that he was any worse, you know. Well, it should you bring out that both Kurt Angle and Stone Cold wrestled one time or another with the broken freaking yes, neck? Yes, sir. Broken freaking neck. <laughs> you bringing up that he was limited. Um, what about that match last year? I mean, I think Great. for me, yeah. as someone who never saw him wrestle, I was like, like wrestle like in his in his time. It was so nice to see, like, oh, this is what people were. This is people what people loved, and seeing him get to do it, and with Kevin Owens of all people, like he's such a he's yeah. such a big fan. Being in the ring with Stone Cold, like, like that was awesome. Like, I, I that made me like super happy. Like, I got to see a Stone Cold match as it was happening, and obviously he wasn't in his prime, but it was it was a great WrestleMania moment. I, I know we throw that word all like they they throw that buzz terminology around a lot but like it was nice to see stone cold in a ring again it's incredible yeah man it was sweet it was sweet i didn't it doesn't even matter like obviously you can tell that there's a little difference in 20 years ago but hey man stone cold's showing up he's getting in the ring people are showing up too and they're going nuts and they're gonna love it they they went outside they did the the suplex on the floor they did it all man it was it was freaking awesome it was so great that they had to bring him back the next day to take care of mr mcmahon (laughs) the worst (laughs) stunner i've ever seen in my life like he sold that terribly it's so funny funny. he didn't even couldn't even do it i mean but whatever, it's still the you, funniest it's... thing that has come out of WrestleMania in a long time. But before we uh, talk about yeah. it, I was about to say, for it being Vince McMahon's final WrestleMania appearance, in essence, 
Yeah, what a hell of a way to go out with a butchered stunner. Yeah, and he beat Pat McAfee too. Oh yeah, yeah, and he. <laughs> oh my goodness! That, wow. That oh wow! Don't remind me. Don't, don't remind me. I, I like the I like when Pat McAfee was on the floor yeah, after the stunner. That was that was pretty cool. <laughs> that was pretty funny. He's great. I love him, man. But yeah, he did. They didn't have to do him like that. <laughs> they didn't have to do him dirty like that. Theory, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, McMahon should have squashed Austin Theory, not Pat McAfee. Right? Of all people. But as we're yeah. talking about Stone Cold on this this holiday, three sixteen, I just want to give a little shout out to Stone Cold. Steve Weiser's for you. You're here, buddy. Hey, I don't have a beer on me right now. If you told me, I would, I would bring one. I, gotta, I, I wish I had a drink, here. man, but... Uh... Stone cold. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, yeah, I don't know if you got anything else where we can run through that, but it's been a good pod. Yeah, I thought that was a good way to wrap it up, to be honest with you, with uh, Stone Cold Day 316. Let's end this puppy. Yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Sports Entertainers Podcast. Give us a follow, subscribe, like, whatever you might use, whatever podcasting platform you might use, and as well as social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at sports entertainers pod on instagram and just at sports entertainers on facebook we're easy to find and search us up follow us all on social media and we'll be back in two weeks and and then we'll be reviewing our first ever live show together as a as a podcast and that will be impact sacrifice and who knows what else as we're on the road to wrestlemania and much more